Welcome to Healing with Purpose podcast, a place where we discuss how healing ourselves helps us find our purpose. I'm your host, Kenya Marie. Let's get into it. What's up? Welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I really wanted to dive into the complexities of the mind. I know that mind-body connection, like that term gets thrown out so much right now. And although it's cool that more people are talking about this beautiful mind-body connection, I don't think that a lot of people, at least the people that I've been aware of um, outside of neuroscientists and and researchers who I very deeply respect and follow, um, are really talking about the complexities about exactly how the mind works. So... I want to break down um, in a way that I've best been able to understand the mind and the difference between the mind and the brain and what the deep brain is and all of that good stuff. So if you are someone who wants to make lasting change in your life, at the end of the day, you need to dive in to your deep mind. Okay. And I, I want this to really be something that a lot of us pay attention to because, you know, Okay, I'm just going to say it to you straight. Can I do that here? I think this actually, yeah, I'm just going to say it straight. There are a lot of people, myself included, like I am talking to past versions of myself as well, who, you know, we things happen in our life. Maybe it's a bad breakup. Maybe we get fired. Maybe you get arrested. Maybe you have some big, deep secret revealed about you. Like, whatever. Like, something happens in our life and what a lot of people doing are doing that are on this kind of like spiritual journey and the spiritual uh, path, what they typically do, you know, is maybe dive into like self-development work or like maybe go and do some like ayahuasca retreat or, you know, dive into like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Like I know that this is why what is happening and um, I'm never going to do it again. And I'm a changed person. Like, Give me a silent head nod if you're there's someone in your life or potentially you, because again, I am talking to a past version of myself who's like, uh, yeah, that's me. But then if that is you or if that is someone that you know, what typically happens? Well, what typically happens is maybe that fire, that drive of this, oh, yes, I understand myself. I'm going to change. I'm going to do better. I'm evolved. It like kind of goes away after some time. And like we kind of forget it, Right. And the reason that happens, and I mean, even just to use the drug example, like I see this happening so much in the spiritual space and it's just like, ah, like, you know, uh, we'll get all into plant medicine. Trust me. I will talk all about that shit because in many ways it's helped me in, in, in many, many ways, different plant medicines have helped me, um, in my own healing journey. But, you know, I'm talking about some bigger, you know, more, popularized, um, retreats of like ayahuasca or like these like big intense, um, plant medicine retreats and people go to them and they have this expectation that they're going to come out of it and they're going to be a brand new person. They learned everything that they need to learn because during that experience, what's happening is that you're almost having this like coming to God experience and you're getting, you know, you're like, wow, this is why I am the way I am. And this is why I feel the way I feel. And this is what I need to do about it and blah, 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 blah. And that's beautiful. What it's doing though What it's doing, though, is simply speeding up the process of how the mind naturally works when you are intentional about understanding your mind. Let me break this down. When you have experienced a lot of trauma in your life, when you have experienced a lot of big traumas in your life, what our brain 
our mind will naturally do is, well, actually what our brain will naturally do is kind of start categorizing those traumas and like putting them into like little filing cabinets. So it's like we we experience a trauma and like again this could be anything this could be a breakup this could be um you know a, a assault right this could be anything this could be losing all your friends at once we experience these things and when we don't process them when we when we don't work through them through them then they go up into a little filing cabinet up inside of our little brain right what Doing a retreat or um, even even I would arguably say probably worse, not being guided, doing it on your uh, alone, some form of like drug ritual, whether it's um, ayahuasca or, you know, um, I don't know why all of the other plant medicines are like literally escaping my mind right now. But these I'm just using ayahuasca because I know it's what most people have heard of. You know, they go to it. And what happens is, is if you've experienced a lot of trauma and all of those traumas are being filed away into different filing cabinets up inside your brain, doing a powerful substance like that is just opening up every single one of those filing cabinets at once. At once. It's speeding up that you know, process of how the mind naturally works from unconscious mind to non-conscious, you know, our non-conscious, N-O-N, non is what it actually is, where all of the magic's really happening, that non-conscious mind into our subconscious and eventually conscious awareness. But before that happens, you know, or when we don't allow that to happen and we just bring up all these traumas all at once, it could actually be quite damaging. I personally know many people who have gone through these types of experiences who end up actually in a little bit of a worse position afterwards because now they have all of these traumas just blaring them, staring at them straight in the face, like, and it's just so much to handle. Now, I'm a huge advocate of plant medicine and I will be very vocal about that. So I am not sitting here telling you, don't do ayahuasca, don't do these plant retreats, don't try mushrooms, don't try marijuana, right? I am not at all saying that. What I am saying is if you are someone who has experienced a great deal of big traumas throughout the duration of your life, I 100% do not recommend going to a ceremony like that. Until you've really kind of started to unfile some of those things that are stuck up there, some, you know, starting to take down some of those filing cabinets and really working through it, unless you do that, um, I, I highly recommend not going straight into like some form of substance retreat and thinking, well, this is going to cure me and save me. No, you have to understand how the levels of the mind work. So, um, and, and also naturally let it go through that way and intentionally allow it go to go through that way, um, to tap into that unconscious mind, just, you know, uh, deactivate and um, deconstruct the thoughts and actions and behaviors and processes that and you know that are already there, um, and then reconstruct them for thoughts that you do want. So let me just walk you through the process of the mind. Now, before I dive into it, just to quickly give a like caveat to the difference between a mind, but between uh, the difference between a mind and a brain, because I know a lot of people use those two words interchangeably. They are not interchangeable. They're not the same thing. Uh, I don't know why scientific literature even still talks about the brain, not still, but has talked about the brain, um, like producing thoughts and, uh, you know, making decisions. And like, that's actually not it out. The brain can't actually do anything on its own. Um, so the brain is like, if you were to, you know, cut open my head right now and like pull out my brain, you know, the brain isn't the thing that's like generating all of these thoughts and forming all of these thoughts and th forming all these opinions or traumas or limiting beliefs, right? That's not actually it. It's what's inside in a deeper level of that, which is your deep brain, your deep brain. This is your aliveness and this is your mind. Your deep brain is your mind. It's different from the brain in which we use that word traditionally. Okay. 
Your mind is an energetic field. Your mind is like the most powerful, beautiful, electrical like facility there ever is. <laughs> and I, I, I use that word like so intentional too. Like I, when I think of a brain, I don't know if anyone's ever said of, you know, considered the, the mind this way rather, but the mind to me is like this like beautiful electrical facility where things are just firing and wiring and going off and popping off and circuitry, you know, there's all this circuitries and, and all these things are happening. It's like so magnificent and like your mind, you know, so, so because of that, because of all of these different moving parts, these energetic, um, you know, movements, it's an energy, it, it makes an energetic field. In fact, this field actually extends outside of your mind. It extends outside of your body, how far it goes. I mean, I've heard there's all different types of there's all kinds of numbers out there based off of strict literature. I have not seen anything that's saying, Hey, your energetic field extends three feet out of your body. I have not seen that. Um, I know a lot of people will say, Oh, it goes, you know, feet out or three feet out or six feet out or whatever. I don't know because the literature right now to my knowledge doesn't prove that yet. But what we do know is that there is an energetic field that extends outside of your mind, outside of your body. And it extends almost in this like halo, like a field. Okay, it's like this halo. So you've probably seen a photo of like a man standing there. And, you know, if you search up right now, like um, human energetic field, like if you like go on Google, you'll probably see a, a human guy like standing there. And then there's just like this big like circle around him, like this halo like, right? That is your energetic fields. Okay. So the brain uses the mind. <clears throat> okay. To understand what is going on. So the brain doesn't have this like purposeless, you know, function. It's there to understand, make sense of what's happening in our deep mind, in our deep brain. Okay. So, and this, by the way, is like quantum physics. <laughs> so, um, which is the fundamental and most accurate science. It's a study of, of matter and energy at the most fundamental level. It's what I wish I was taught when we were in grade school. I don't know about you, but I definitely do not ever use biology or chemistry really, <laughs> or whatever other like random, not random, because obviously they have a purpose and they're great, but I like, it didn't it didn't affect me at a fundamental level the way that quantum physics does for every single one of us. So definitely, if you haven't heard of quantum physics, like 100% look into it and, and see what these top researchers and neuroscientists and, and you know, the people in this field are, are just talking about because it's quite amazing. So um, one of the biggest things, though, that like came from quantum physics and why we're understanding how energy is a science and et cetera, et cetera, is... At one point in time, we thought an atom was like the absolute smallest particle there ever was, right? An atom, I don't know about you. I don't know if I'm like dating myself, but like when I was in school, we were taught that the atom was like the absolute smallest particle. There's nothing smaller than an atom, but that's actually not true. An atom is not really an atom. Um, you know, when you look inside of an atom, what we are finding, what science is showing based off of wave particles uh, and frequency rates, right, is that an atom is actually 99% empty space. So let me say that again. The particle that we have been taught to believe for all these decades to be the absolute smallest unit of matter is actually not an atom and not the smallest. Uh, it, it may be the smallest unit of matter, but it's, it's, there's something within there. It's not empty space. Or it's all empty space, rather. It's not all matter. Okay? Which is what we've always been taught to believe. It's the smallest unit of matter. It, it, it is, it may be, but it's not all matter. There's 99% empty space within that. So that says a lot because we are made up of atoms, right? We were all taught that when we were in school. So we know that we are made up of, of, of these atoms and these particles, right? And, and 
knowing that each of these atoms is actually 99% empty space, whoa. So the one way to like kind of keep under, like have a better understanding of like how thoughts work and all of these things and how speech works and how feelings work is every time that we're thinking, we're feeling, every time that we're feeling, we're choosing, okay? So when, always, we're always thinking, which means we're always feeling, which means we're always choosing. This is what is generating what we call thoughts, okay? So just kind of have an understanding of that. Now, let's break in and break down what exactly is the mind and how do you manage your mind? So I want you to understand that there are three different divisions of the mind. The first is our conscious mind. The conscious mind is when we are awake. The conscious mind is when we are listening. So right now you are using your conscious mind. You're hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth. You are seeing the colors around you. You could smell something maybe. You could touch something, right? You're, you're awake. You're alert. You're aware. This is how you are when you're working or when you're studying or when you're working out. Okay? You're aware of what's going on around you. This is what most of us know. We know about the conscious mind. What a lot of us may not know is that the conscious mind is actually incredibly slow. It's super slow. And it has what's called a veto power, and which is basically the ability to stand back and learn what's going on, which is gnarly if you think about it. Our conscious mind, I'm going to say that again because I don't think it hit you. Our conscious mind has this ability to stand back and learn what is going on. That's how freaking slow it is. It's able to stand back and see, whoa, oh, this is what's stimulating me. It, ha it has this ability to just focus on what you are he hearing, what you are seeing, and also stimulate something within you. Because that's how slow the conscious mind works, right? So when you're looking at like Envision, for those of you that are listening on the podcast, you can't see me, but Envision, you are holding a circle with your hands in front of your face. So you can put the, you know, if you have free hands, um, put your two hands together so that it makes a circle, right? Which is how most of us view uh, the brain, which obviously it's not a straight circle, but that's beside the point. So that very, very top of that brain, that very, very top of that circle, maybe 10% of it is what is your conscious brain. Okay, that's like that tiny, it's just, that's it. If you have your big old hands together, just go maybe one pinky down. That is how much of your mind is your actual conscious mind. It's like nothing. Okay, right beneath that, there's this layer. And that is what we call the subconscious mind. Okay, the subconscious mind doesn't do anything. It honestly is just a, a bridge or a portal, if you will, between the conscious mind and then what's beneath that, which is the unconscious mind. Okay, so the subconscious mind is really just this portal. It doesn't hold anything. It doesn't really do anything. It's literally just there to transfer what is coming from the unconscious mind to the conscious mind and vice versa. So when you go to sleep at night, your conscious mind and your subconscious mind also go to sleep. So when you're sleeping, when you're blacked out, when you're under anesthesia, when you're like out of it, you're in deep sleep, your conscious mind and your subconscious mind also go to sleep, okay? Now, then there is the non-conscious mind. Non, notice I'm not saying unconscious mind. I'm talking about the non-N-O-N conscious mind. This is below the subconscious and conscious mind. And unlike the conscious and the subconscious mind, the non-conscious mind is awake 24-7. From the moment you took your very first breath to the moment you pass, if not later. 
Your non-conscious mind is awake all of the time. It's incredibly fast. It has many, many different layers within it, right? So it gets, you know, it gets slower as it gets closer to the subconscious mind and faster as it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. But this non-conscious mind, it absorbs all information that you ever experience in your life. Everything, every conversation you've had, every environment you've been in, every thought that you've had, every experience that led to something good, experience that led to something bad, it has an ability to absorb it all and it builds it into the mind, into the brain, and into the body. The, the non-conscious mind and why I call it this magnetic, magnificent electrical facility, you guys, is because our mind has the ability to almost go through this like housekeeping type of function. So when we're in deep sleep, remember when we're in deep sleep, our conscious mind and our subconscious mind, they're, they're also asleep. They don't know what's going on, right? We've all been there where you're in deep sleep and someone's like, yeah, I'm trying to wake you up. And you're like, oh my gosh, I was so out of it, right? When you're in your deep sleep, your non-conscious mind is still awake. It's still processing. If anything, it actually has more time to do its housekeeping function because it's not being distracted or consumed by conscious thoughts. So it starts to do this housekeeping function and it starts to look at what you experienced that day, um, you know, what happened, the conversations you had, and then it starts preparing that information to put into that subconscious mind. Remember that portal, that transfer. So it starts to prepare that information to go into the subconscious mind during the course of the day. So when you wake up in the morning, whatever were deemed as the most toxic or the most threatening are at the very, very, very top. They're at the top. They're queued up, if you will. Right? They're all queued up. The, unconscious, or the, the non-conscious is like, hey, we, this is very threatening. Uh, we actually need to queue this up to the big guy so that when he's awake in the morning, like he knows what to look out for. That's what's happening. So if you had toxic thoughts or toxic experiences um, or threatening experiences or threatening thoughts, your non-conscious mind has absorbed all of that, looked at it in great detail. Um, and, you know, if there was something that your non-conscious mind sees as a toxic, like, thing or a threat, it will then attach warning systems and warning signals that help you pay attention to them. So it's going to cue it all, cue it up, you know, up to the big guy. So that's sitting right at the tippy top of your subconscious mind. It's right. It's got through that transfer point. It's sitting at your subconscious mind. So that when you wake up in the morning and you get into conscious awareness, the first thing you think about, or one of the first things you think about is whatever your non-conscious mind was trying to relay. Does this all make sense? If this is making sense, give me a silent head nod. You guys, this is very powerful because if you understand this, you understand exactly why it's so important to understand how to tap in to that unconscious mind and reconstruct and deconstruct as much as you need to. Okay? It's so important. It starts attaching these warning signals for you to pay attention so that you can fix them. Because all your non-conscious mind worries about, all your mind cares about is keeping you alive. All your mind as a whole cares about is keeping you alive. So if something is deemed as a threat or a, a toxin, you know, um, to, to the, or, or even, right, like toxicity. Like if there's something that's like, oh my gosh, no, this is really bad. Like your non-conscious mind's like, oh no, no, we need to alert the big guy so that they can alert the body. So the body can become aware we need the conscious mind needs to translate this information so that the brain can process it so that us as humans walking around in our little suits can figure shit out. Okay. It's the base point. Your non-conscious mind is the base point. And it's always, 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 always on your side. 
It's a vital part of who we are as human beings. It's what makes us so beautiful. It's, it's what differentiates us from the aliens and the, the animals even. It's what makes us human. And it's a beautiful thing. It's there to help us cope with life. It works with the physical brain. It works with the physical body to help keep us alive. Not only does it work with it, it, it almost drives it. This non-conscious mind, the mind drives the body, drives the brain. Right? So this is why, like, when you die, when you die and you don't have the non... So when you're dead, right? Like, not to get morbid here, but, like, when you're dead, you're obviously no longer in conscious awareness, right? So when you die, you don't have these non... You know, your non-conscious... Um, you don't have your non-conscious mind like driving anything um, or I'm sorry, your conscious mind driving anything. Right. Um, so, so nothing's happening. And so eventually the physical brain or, and the physical body ends up like dying off. Right. So the mind, you guys, it's, it's not the brain, um, but it uses the brain in many, many different ways. And the brain responds to the mind and the, you know, the brain and the body. So, this is a good way to, to kind of view it as well. The brain and the body are like responders, okay? They respond to what the mind is communicating to them. So the problem is, is so many of us are walking around as if our, our, our brain is in charge, right? So we have these like thoughts because, right, this is what's happening. It's generating thoughts and the brain's making sense of it. And then thoughts come and then we like interpret it. So we have these thoughts like I am worthless. I am, I am unhealthy. I will never be rich. I will never be loved. I will never be healthy. I'll always be blah, 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 blah. We have all these thoughts and then like we believe it and we're, we're basically making the body and making the brain like the controller. And it's like, actually, no, honey, the mind who you are, your mind as consciousness is who's in charge you at your deepest level is who's in charge you've just allowed your body and you've allowed your brain to take over but you guys the brain and the body there are responders the mind takes the experiences of life and brings them into the body to make sense of it okay and we have so many experiences we have so many experiences and your non-conscious mind is constantly scanning everything it doesn't miss a beat it doesn't miss a beat what you did on January 23rd of 1999. Your non-conscious mind knows, <laughs> right? It scans everything. So there could have been traumas that you've endured in your life, especially the traumas that you had in childhood. And your mind who loves you and is here to protect you and is here to guide you goes, okay, let me store this. Let me keep this here. This little baby can't, can't handle this big of a trauma, this big of a scare. So it's just going to sit down here. And then as we get older, it's up to us to kind of figure out what those traumas might be and how we do that typically is by looking for any types of triggers. How do you find a trigger? We'll talk about that in great detail in a different episode. But what I'll tell you right now is this. If you are triggered or you, if you are reactive to anything, that is a trigger. If you have a, let me clarify, a negative reaction to anything, that is a trigger and you need to figure out why. So if you are someone that gets majorly triggered when like someone's late, like that is something within yourself that you need to kind of figure out. And I'm not saying that people should run around being late. So like, let's not get it twisted. But if you're over here getting incredibly triggered, like that is something within you that has a deep, deep, deeper level of processing. Right. But we could also go the more extreme. 
maybe every time you drive by a certain location, your body goes into compulsion and you have this major trigger. And it's because when you were six years old, you and your mom got in a car accident on that same street. And maybe consciously you don't remember that, but your body does. And the only way to work through that, the only way to deconstruct that response from continuing to happen is by understanding where it is coming from and reconstructing a thought that you do want. So again, your non-conscious, it scans all day long. It scans all day long to find anything that is problematic. And it ranks what is most problematic and brings those most highly ranked, problematic, threatening, toxic, you know, life potentially threatening uh, situations or, or, or people into your conscious awareness. And here's the thing, guys. The more that we suppress our thoughts, and I, I'm, again, everything I say in this episode and everything I say in probably every episode, I am talking to a former version of myself and at times even myself in this present moment that I need a reminder of, which is this, in this case, the more that we suppress our thoughts and the more that we don't process them, the more your non-conscious mind is going to try to find a solution. It's working so hard. It wants to bring it to conscious awareness because your mind still views it as a threat. So again, going back to my example at the very beginning with ayahuasca and drug medicine and plant medicine, great, great um, amounts when unprepared for it. I'm talking emotionally and spiritually unprepared for it. And you go into these types of retreats and you've had a lot of trauma that you haven't even really worked through. The problem with that is that you have suppressed all of those thoughts, all of those emotions and now they're coming up like crazy, painted straight into the face, like as, as if you got like, you know, shot with a freaking paintball machine in the arm and in the face and in the neck, and it's just like coming at you left and right. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. Some people come out of these experiences having amazing stories. They're like, wow, I feel really clear-headed and really healed, and now I know exactly what action steps I need to take, and they actually do those action steps, and that's a beautiful example of how plant medicine is intended to work. But I personally know a lot of people, a lot of people who, you know, have a whole lot of traumas that they've been suppressing for 29 years and then they go and do a plant medicine retreat and oh my gosh, now they're all opening up like those file cabinets like crazy and papers everywhere and paintballs are everywhere and it's, and it's nuts. So maybe you're not going and getting plant medicine done. But maybe you are someone who does continue to suppress your emotions. You continue to suppress your thoughts. You don't want to think about something because you understand that it's a painful thing to think about. So you avoid it at all costs. Just know your mind, your non-conscious mind, it, not only is it not giving up, but it's actually going to work harder. You know how hard it works? It works so hard that it actually starts to you know, bring in the cardiovascular system. It starts to bring in the immune system. It starts to bring in the, the respiratory system, the digestive system, the gut. It starts to bring in all these different systems because it's working so hard on all your systems to get this message across to you. Listen, listen, conscious mind. I want you to see this. I want you to be aware. I'm trying to keep you alive. So it pulls every single system within your body. You guys, this is what leads to disease. This is what leads to cardiovascular diseases, immune disorders, which is like the number one most prevalent, prevalent um, disease that we are seeing when it comes to suppressed traumas <laughs> and suppressed emotions and thoughts is that it ends up manifesting in so many ways in the form of uh, immune disorders and immune, you know, respiratory disorders and diseases, mental health diseases. 
because it's trying so hard. It's trying so hard to help you manage the process, but you're freaking suppressing it. You, I'm talking to the past version of me. I'm talking to the current version of me and likely the future version of me as well who needs this reminder. Stop suppressing your emotions and your feelings. Process them. Process them because the more we keep them unprocessed, the more our non-conscious mind is going to push it out and work so, so hard to bring it to your conscious awareness. This is why sometimes it'll pop into different types of different levels of conscious awareness. Maybe you have a bad dream and you're like, whoa, why did I just have that dream? That was a really scary dream, right? I hear this often actually with my clients. I had this dream that my boyfriend broke up with me. Or I had this dream that I got let go from my job. Or I had this dream that, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, hold on. Something is trying to communicate. <laughs> We're not going to talk about dreams today. I'll have an expert on talking about that. But, you know, when we wake up in the morning, the thoughts that we want to have need to be thoughts that are going to reconstruct the life that we want to live moving forward. But until we really, really dive deep and dig into that non-conscious mind, what's happening is all of those life-threatening situations, those toxic thoughts, those threatening thoughts are going to get queued up to the top of the non-conscious mind. It'll bring it just below the subconscious mind so that when we wake up in the morning, oh, there they are in conscious awareness and we're able to take care of them. Okay? So just understand this process and understand the deeper layers of the mind. This is so much bigger than just mind-body connection. Okay, what does that mean and how do I tap into it? And, and more importantly, how do I deconstruct this connection if the connection's not working for me? <laughs> and how can I reconstruct and fire and wire the, the thoughts and actions and behaviors that I do want so that I can have the life that I want? Okay. And so we need to go through this process. We need to go through this process of tapping into that non-conscious part of our mind, bringing it to our subconscious level, and then getting, into, uh, in, getting it into our conscious awareness. But the more we suppress, the more we avoid, the more we ignore, the harder it is. You guys, uh, you know it takes 21 days for uh, details from the non-conscious mind to make it up to conscious awareness? So if you've ever heard that, like saying like, oh, it takes 21 days to break a habit, like quite literally, this is on a neurological perspective, like explanation, like this is why, <laughs> like neurologically, literally in our mind, this is like why it takes 21 days to break a habit because it takes 21 days for all of that information, all of those details, all of that data to, to you know, scan, right? It gets all scanned um, and then it brings it slowly up to the portal to the, to the what transfers the information. Um, and so that's right there in our conscious mind, 21 days to bring something from non-conscious awareness to conscious awareness. That's just bringing it there. And now what we do with that, a thought that we have, maybe we have like this thought and maybe some of us act on that thought. Maybe we have this thought one day like, ooh, you know what? I'm actually not healthy. Uh, I actually have terrible gut issues. I'm always stressed and I hate my job. Uh, yeah, so I'm actually gonna do something about that. Like thanks, thanks thought, right? Some of us do something and some of us that's called taking action. But most of us, we have a thought in some aspect of our life, whether it be, eh, I'm not really that healthy. Yeah, oh gosh, oh gosh, I'm breaking out a lot. Oh man, I'm like really under stress. Oh, uh, oh, you know, all these random thoughts that we have. And then we just don't do anything. Or we make this crazy plan, I'm gonna change it. And then we actually don't work through like why we are struggling with that issue in the first place. So it's just gonna keep popping up. Um, so yeah, it takes 21 days for all of those details to get from the non-conscious part of your mind through, um, up through conscious awareness. And then it actually takes about 42 days. Uh, yeah, it's about 42 days to stabilize however you've changed it. So like 
when you have a thought, um, if you're one of my weight loss clients or if you are on a health journey in general, like you have this thought and let's say that thought is what propels you to hire a coach and then you hired a coach and now you're on this journey. The reason why, um, like personally, I don't like to work with my clients for less than three months minimum, but mostly, mostly it's six months is because it takes 21 days to reach like your conscious awareness. So say you enter into a program and you start kind of learning from your coach, given the idea or assumption that your coach is like pretty, has a pretty good wherewithal of like mind body connection, not just like throwing that word out there, but actually understands it. And you know, by maybe a weekend or two weeks in, you're like, Oh wow, this is like, this is interesting. And so then your mind goes into like processing. And so your mind, because you've just accumulated all of these different information, you've collected this data, right? It's scanning it. Your non-conscious mind is going into its work and it's scanning it. And you're like thinking about, what your health coach said about, oh, you know, you should drink more water and get more sleep and manage your stress and, you know, maybe minimize or eliminate my alcohol intake. Um, maybe I should start meditating, right? Like you start having all of these different thoughts because you're learning from your, from your coach, let's say. It takes 21 days for all of these like things that are processing in your non-conscious mind to actually reach your, reach your conscious awareness. So now let's say you've been working with your coach for one month just for it to reach your actual awareness of like, oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, so something's happening here. I've got a thought when let's say we're trying to help work on some type of health issue. So now it takes about a month and you're like, okay, I have this thought, um, that, um, yeah, there's, uh, something I, I probably should pay even more attention to like my health. It's not just, I want to get skinny for summer. It's like, oh wow, I actually have a really poor relationship with food. It took you about a month to get that. It then takes 42 days to actually stabilize it. Meaning if you start putting these things into practice, which as we know, inevitably takes a little bit of time, right? It takes habit. It takes consistency, right? We start to um, implement these things though. And as we're doing them, as we're working on them, as we're, you know, making them habits really by just being consistent truly at the end of the day with anything, just being consistent with it. Then after 42 days, you're able to stabilize it and able to generate that new, that new thought or that new idea or that new habit. So right there, that's just third, that, that could be, I mean, saying we're doing all this fast and you're right out, you're getting it and then you're crushing it, you know, and you're, and you're not allowing these distractions to consume you, right? Now we're looking at about three months where you're finally stabilizing this new pattern of living, this new way of, of health. <laughs> so for those of you that are like, I started a fitness journey and then you lost six weeks. It's like, yeah, babe, that wasn't long enough. Like you got to keep going. You're, you have not changed anything on a non-conscious level. Same thing goes back to my ayahuasca. I, I keep going back to this and something keeps telling me I need to talk about this because I feel like uh, potentially a lot of you either have done it or are thinking about it. And I'm not, again, I'm a huge plant advocate. Like I will talk about that in later episodes, but this is the problem is like, you can't just go into these retreats and then like have all these things come to conscious awareness and then think that you're able to change. I'm talking to the people that have several big traumas that you're able to work through all those, get to the root of them, figure out, you know, where it is and what your triggers are and how to fix it. All of these big things like right away, it's, it's going to make it's, it. Am I, is it, am I saying it's impossible? No. Am I saying it's likely? Um, no, <laughs> like you, we really need to be able to work through these things and allow them to go through the stages in which they are intended. Okay. So again, first you become aware of these signals, right? There's like these visible strings that are happening in your mind and in, in how you feel and your emotions and your stress. You become aware of like these signals. Of, oh yeah. Like being around this person makes me anxious or eating this food makes me sick, right? You become aware of the signals. Other signals also, like I said, with the sickness is like bodily sensations. So we store so much inside of our body. So maybe you start getting these signals and sensation um, through bodily sensations. Maybe every time you, um, okay, so I have a, a perfect example of this. Every time I would see this one individual, I would have major 
like gut issues. Like my stomach would hurt. I'd get super gassy. I'd get super like, like my tummy was just hard. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? Like I didn't really even eat anything. Like, and eventually the more I became aware and it's so much deeper than just self-awareness. It's like at such a deeper level. Like, do you, are you aware of your mind? <laughs> um, but still whatever self-awareness is great. So you know, maybe the the deeper you pay attention to this, you start to realize maybe you have people in your life where you're like, oh my gosh, every time I'm around them, like I get really anxious and, and, um, I don't know, maybe start sweating or maybe you're like me and you start getting like some stomach issues. That's your body signaling something to you. You have to explore it. If you're going to continue to be around that person, maybe it's your body, like body sensation, warning you again that's what it's doing it's signaling so maybe it's like ooh, this person's not good this person's not good this person's not good and you're not listening you're not listening you're not listening right or maybe it's not even about that person maybe it's about something that that person brings out in you that's not good right maybe it's something about that person that triggers a different response to someone that maybe is familiar to that person in some way but you have to pay attention to these things emotions are always 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 attached to what we are doing and what our body is feeling it's all one Okay. Our, our conscious mind is trained to collect information from the non-conscious mind. It travels through the subconscious mind, right? That portal to get to that conscious awareness. And we pay attention to the warning signs. We pay attention to those warning signals. And when we pay attention to those signals, because not everyone does, right? When we pay attention to those signals, then we can trace those signals back to a thought. And once we're aware of that thought, then we can bring it to conscious awareness. And then that's where we get to start that whole deconstruction, reconstruction process. But if you are still living on autopilot, not even being aware of the warning signals and how in the world are you going to be able to trace those signals? First, how are you going to be able to identify that you're being signaled? But secondly, how are you going to be able to trace that signal back to a thought, let alone work through that thought and understand how you can deconstruct it so that you no longer have to have that struggle? Okay. So if you're someone that's living with a lot of threat, like, you know, toxic thoughts and threatening thoughts, then your non-conscious mind is going to try and help you and reduce the level of stress that it's causing on you by bringing it up through, you know, up through conscious awareness. Okay. And I know this was like a long one. I know this is a really big wordy, like deconstruction of the mind, but that is truly how we start to heal because we can only, we cannot heal problems of our body with, you know, problems of our brain. We can't think like, okay, well, I, or I know that I'm overweight and unhealthy and unhappy. So I know I need to do something about that. Okay. That's, that's great. Now what, like how to, what's the next step. Right. And that's the missing piece that unfortunately a lot of coaches are missing right now, but I don't foresee that to be continuing on. I think that a lot of coaches are going to start to learn about this stuff and take interest take interest in this stuff and not just coaches, but doctors and teachers and nurses and practitioners. I think all of us are going to, to be like, wow, wait, I need to actually pay attention to this, this science that has been here, you know? And unfortunately it's just not being shared in schools or in offices or in meetings or in, in on the news Oh God forbid. It's not definitely on the news because you know, it heals individuals, you know, <laughs> people free from dis-ease no longer become paying customers. So like, we're not going to have that, you know? So that's, which is wild, which is why you need to understand 
understand these things on your own and heal yourself and heal your body and um, most importantly share this information with the world so I hope you got some use from this if you have some questions please 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 DM me on Instagram I am Kenya Marie underscore I would love to have conversations with you about the power of the mind I could talk about this shit all day long and I am not an expert I look up to the experts I look up to people like Dr. Joe Dispenza who has some incredible incredible books that have really helped me understand this if you're watching this um, on YouTube and you can see I have actually a few of his books behind me here but you know neuroscientists like like Joe Dispenza or you know uh, Caroline Lee or you know there's so many people who are talking about this and they are being publicized and they are being um, you know interviewed and, and, and shown to the world but not in the way that they need to not as broadly as they need to at least in my opinion because I think that they're incredible I think what they're teaching is incredible and I give all credit to um, to these pioneers really for putting this information out there because at the end of the day if we want to live a life of purpose we need to understand that we have the power to heal ourselves and how we understand how to have that power to heal ourselves is by tapping into that unconscious mind of ours and so thank you guys so much for being here if this is something that you're like wow I need this how how do I do this what is the step by step we break this all down in my 10-week course healing with purpose this course is designed to help you find your purpose in life by walking you through the stages of healing we do this by helping you understand the science of the mind body connection not just throwing out mind body mind body but truly understanding that science behind the mind body connection we're going to teach you and walk you through the steps of how to harness the power of your unconscious mind and walk you through the stages of discovering your soul's purpose so if that sounds like something that's interesting to you our next course begins on october 10th um if you're listening to this after you can check our website or look on my instagram to see when our wait list is up um, and when the next course begins um, if you're listening to it before then, um, please join us. It will be so empowering, especially if you are in the helping field in any way, shape or form, a coach, a trainer, a person, you know, personal trainer, a, a mental health expert, um, a therapist, a doctor, a teacher. Like if you help other people, you help other people with their body or with their mind, you absolutely will benefit from taking this type of course. So we have some incredible healers and teachers, practitioners, doctors on, um, on staff who are guest coaches in the program. And they are also, um, providing just the most incredible information. So, um, to to apply for or to register rather for um, the healing with purpose course you can go to our website it is beyond the physical dot my kajabi.com that's beyond the physical dot m-y-k-a-j-a-b-i.com if you go on there scroll down to purpose program you can get yourself enrolled before uh, the 10th so thanks so much for being here thanks so much for taking an interest in your own healing i will chat with you next time to continue your healing journey, join me in my 10-week course, Healing with Purpose. This all-encompassing course is comprised of teachers, healers, and holistic practitioners who teach you how to find your purpose in life by walking you through the stages of healing. By the end of the 10 weeks, you'll have a deeper understanding of who you are and what your purpose is and the tools and resources to heal your body and manage your mind. To apply for our course, click the link in my bio, I am Kenya Marie underscore, and we'll see you in there.